Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca. Hi, this is Ben Lowell. I'm CEO of Back to the Bible Canada, which includes the young adult ministry In Doubt. And today we're going to have a very special Christmas episode talking about Christmas, talking about the things of Christmas, our experiences of Christmas, particularly uh, in our day and age today when, uh, uh, when so many things are being impacted by this pandemic. And I have some great, very special guests, and you'll understand why I'm hosting in a minute uh, when I introduce my guests. My first guest is the Bible teacher for Back to the Bible Canada. Uh, delighted to have him, a great Bible teacher, Dr. John Newfeld. John, uh, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Ben. Delighted to be here. Great stuff. And then our other guests that we'll include in the conversation are your regular hosts of In Doubt, uh, Isaac Dagno and Daniel Markin. Guys, great to have you here. Happy to be here. Great to be here. So here we are, and we're going to be discussing Christmas. So guys, give me a perspective. Uh, you all come from uh, different places in life, actually, right now. John, uh, you're married, uh, you have grown children, you have grandchildren, so you come from a unique perspective. Isaac, you have a, a beautiful young family. And uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel, you're a, a newlywed. When did you get married? Mm. Yeah, I got married last November 1st, so oh. my wife and I just celebrated our first year of marriage, and most of that marriage happened through a pandemic, <laughs> uh, which was uh, a great little story to tell people. Yeah, well, my understanding is if your marriage can survive a pandemic, you're doing well, and uh, so that's, <laughs> Absolutely. that's great. So we're excited about that, but you're in an interesting perspective or have an interesting perspective because, uh, you yeah. know, you're a young couple and you're uh, having to deal with all these unique requirements of living through a pandemic. So it's interesting to get that perspective as well. So tell me, guys, how are you dealing with this? What does Christmas look like for you guys? And Isaac, for you, for your church, what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes we sort of, uh, you know, look at our, our church family and our, our um, biological family a little differently when it comes to Christmas and the holidays and things like that. When it comes to my own personal family, um, you know, we, we, we in BC, I know every province has different policies and restrictions and so on and so forth, but in BC, we have quite a strict... Uh, um, uh, some rules in place until at least December 7th, but it probably is going to go beyond, I would I would imagine. So um, our, our home life will look a little bit different. Um, however, I, I just want to make a point saying for those that listen that are, are single or living alone, like it, it's, a, it's a lot different. Um, you know, I have, I have young children and a, and a wife and, and oftentimes the joy of Christmas comes from those little little kids. So there, there's still, it's going to be loud and happening on our uh, Christmas morning at our, our place. So it's definitely going to feel a lot different for those that are, are, aren't able to do that. Um, but when it comes to church, church reality, again, th- this uh, this season is, is, uh, is less about the the you know gathering with your family and and celebrating that's the tradition that's that's the holiday aspect nothing wrong with that but it's really about uh, celebrating with your church family of the coming of Christ uh, into this into this world at which we can't do the same way so you know for our for our church we're going to gather in our cars and and hopefully do some some carols and do a little message in our parking lot so no one no one has to get out but it will look different but we'll we'll make it work yeah great 
Daniel, you know, like I said, you're a, a young married couple with you and your wife, and and uh, you've got also, I think, a, a unique perspective in, I think, for young adults as well. How do you see this this season and uh, having to deal with this pandemic at, at this time? Yeah, I think a lot of young adults are feeling the weight of uh, the loneliness. So whether they're single or living alone uh, or working a, a job in a new city, I think a lot of young adults are looking forward to being able to travel back and be with their families. And for some of them, that means getting on a plane. Like Elise and I were planning on flying back to, to be with her family uh, in Saskatchewan. And because of all the protocols and the new restrictions, we're sitting with our flights and we have to kind of sit open-handed here and say, we might not actually be able to go back to Saskatchewan, which is, is very frustrating. So I think um, a lot of young adults resonate with what I'm saying with this idea that we don't know if we're going to be able to go and actually be with our families physically for Christmas, which is frustrating. And that is, I think, what a lot of young adults need right now is they want that community. They want to be with their family and have at least some sense of normalcy um, as they have in the rhythms of their life, whether they're coming back from university after their semester and being able to be together once again. So that's probably the biggest thing that we're facing. Yeah, for sure. And John, like I said, I mean, you know, you and I come perhaps from uh, similar perspectives on what's going on right now. Uh, but how do you see this Christmas unfolding? What, what, what do we need to pay attention to? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, our kids won't be able to come home along with our grandkids. So, you know, I, I know that might not, you know, resonate with young adults, but it should because, you know, I'm, I'm the dad that the young adults come home to. And uh, so, you know, it, it's not going to happen. I mean, usually Christmas has been, you know, a time where we have a grand table, everybody eats and grandkids are shouting and uh, lots of stuff is going on and there's chaos all over the place. And I just love that stuff going on. And none of that's going to happen, I don't think. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned that my wife is, uh, is a nurse. And so, you know, I want to take a special care to care for her safety during this time. So, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why I think that we're going to do some Zooming, but um, for the most part, it's just going to be my wife and I. We're going to be alone, and um, that's how we're going to do Christmas. Yeah, it's interesting. Eh? I mean, it, the pandemic obviously has changed our lives completely, but, you know, we come up to this Christmas season, and typically, you know, everything would be a full go, and everybody would be uh, celebrating. Everybody would be, uh, like, uh, uh, planning parties, office parties, family parties, travel, the whole nine yards. Um, and yet, you know, this pandemic has just has made everything stop. And uh, I'm wondering, just, you know... We recognize that God is sovereign, and so this isn't coming to him by surprise, but is there a perspective for us there as Christians? Isaac, can I start with you? Is there a perspective for us as Christians when it comes to what's going on? Yeah, I think this, this uh, I mean, we don't know um, the whole, uh, you know, purposes of God, especially his hidden will. We just, we don't know. We have to trust that as part of our faith in him uh, and dependence on him. But uh, one of the things uh, that, that I would think about is, you know, think about, you know, Mary, Mary and Joseph. They were not in ideal circumstances on the first Christmas, you could say. Um, the realities that they were going through, I mean, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't, you know, and they had some visitors, but still they, they didn't stay for a long time. They came and left and, and there was lots going on. And I think about, you know, Christmas is really about uh, 
God send or the Father sending His Son into this world at the, in the fullness of time, at the proper time in history, uh, to bring light into this world, to bring the Messiah, to to bring justice and salvation uh, to Israel and the world. And um, when we when we gather on normal times, so 2019 Christmas, 2018 Christmas, all the Christmases past, many of them, uh, it's it's really a joyful time. It's a time of, I mean, not for everybody, obviously, but for a lot of people, it's a very joyful time. Like we talked about feasting, excitement, um, and that's all good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's kind of funny how Christmas morning comes and we're all having such a great time. Everyone's happy. And we're like, and then, you know, this is about Jesus coming into this dark world. It doesn't look very dark right now, uh, though, around us because it looks exciting. So I think a perspective is, I think we could consider this unique Christmas, this rare Christmas where we are alone as sort of a time to really see that yes like Christ is has come into this dark world and this is the world that we're living in right now and we can rejoice together whether it's alone or whether with your wife or whatever um, we can rejoice that Christ has come into this dark world that we're facing right now. That's great. Daniel, you know, we, we chatted earlier off, off air. Uh, you had a unique perspective, I think, in respect to, you know, perhaps what is God doing in this season? Yeah, the, the thing that I've been reflecting and thinking a lot about is the idea of longing. And all of us are longing for life to go back to normal. All of us are longing for us to maybe actually have a real Christmas, like a, a normal Christmas. And it seems to me that, as we just acknowledged, none of this is an accident uh, in God's eyes. In fact, he knew this was coming. In fact, he allowed it to come. In fact, he's caused a lot of the things uh, to turn out this way. And I think it's important to step back and think, what could he be teaching us through that? And so again, I come back to that idea of longing. Could it be that uh, the Lord is withholding all of these good things so that we'd feel this sense of longing for Christmas, the sense of longing, longing for normalcy, in the same way that the people of Israel longed for their Savior? And in the same way that we as Christians long for that day where Christ will come again. And so I think we kind of are feeling some of the heart of God here when he's, he's longing for that day, for, you know, creation's groaning right now uh, for our Savior to come back and restore all things. And so I think we're kind of experiencing some of that longing. So to me, could it be that God is actually using this time to teach us about um, this longing that creation has for all things to be made new. That, that was some of the, the things going around in my head that I've been reflecting on that's been giving me a lot of hope. This idea, too, that while we might not be feasting with our families right now, right, this, is, this longing we have is for the ultimate feast that we will have with Christ in heaven, right? When all things are made new and we sit at the great banquet table, right, and we, and we feast with Christ, that's what we're looking forward to. So this sense of longing, um, it hurts and it aches, but let's not forget that there's purpose in that and that, that it's actually good for us and for our sanctification and making us uh, more like Christ. Yeah, you, that, that's fantastic. You know, one of the things, John, you mentioned this, you say this relatively often, you talk about the long-term good. Is it possible that what we're seeing right now, because you know we do, I think particularly of young adults, and I can even remember being young guys, but I, I think particularly as young adults, you know, everything is very immediate. 
uh, everything is very temporal. It's like, what's going on right now? How is that going to uh, benefit my experience, even my experience of God? And yet we find ourselves in a circumstance right now where maybe that expression you use uh, for our long-term good, perhaps this is what's going on. Is that a possibility? Uh, Ben, I'd like to bring maybe a a historical perspective from this. I mean, you need to ask ourselves, uh, this unique bubble that the Western world has lived in for the last 70 years with this unprecedented peace and prosperity, we've brought this into Christmas so that we've expected Christmas to be, you know, this, this outflow of abundance, which we all have, rather than this longing, as uh, has been mentioned here, this this hopefulness. I mean, my perspective is that, you know, I am always reminded that uh, my grandfather was tortured to death for his faith. Um, my, uh, my, I have an uncle that I never met who died of malnutrition because there was not enough food. My father says he remembers one of the most precious Christmases he ever had. He, he was given a comb. There was enough money that he could get a, a comb for his hair. Um, you know, and you, you, you contrast that to what we've been experiencing throughout our lifetimes. And it's not just one present, Ben. I mean, it's been, you know, it, 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 10, 20 of them. I mean, one after another after another, so that Christmas seems to us like, wow, look at all the good gifts that God gives us, rather than this, this sense that this world is so broken, it's so dark, it's so black, it's so sin-soaked that nothing but nothing could save this world outside of God bringing his son into the world to be an atoning sacrifice for us. And this understanding of Christmas how desperate we are in need of a Savior, and one day the Savior will come and make all things new. That should be there, and maybe, just maybe, we might think of Christmas in that fashion when we see it's a bit more barren, and that's how it's supposed to feel. Hmm, That's interesting. It's like God has sort of interrupted our moment in Christian history, perhaps, through this pandemic, and all of a sudden we're being confronted with what is really critical, what is really important, what really serves our long-term good. But, you know, I got to, Daniel, and give me a perspective on this. I get that, and I get what John is saying, and I feel that, and I'm experiencing some of that myself. But for the young adult who sees their life ahead of them, as opposed to John and I who are, are looking back a little bit and saying, look at all that's happened, it's got to be more difficult, doesn't it, to, to get that kind of perspective that uh, God is interrupting us with this thing and he's interrupting my life and, and it doesn't seem fair, it doesn't seem right uh, for you and your wife. You know, I've just started a new marriage. Uh, you know, why are things going sideways. Uh, Isaac, I got to say, you know, uh, and we've been saying this for years. I remember saying it when I was newly married, you know, oh my goodness, what am I bringing my child into, right? Mm-hmm. That whole perspective. But, but Daniel, what do you think? How, how is a young person receiving what's going on? I think we're probably having a hard time with it. Um, and this would perhaps extend beyond just young adults. But I think just tying in what John mentioned about us living in a time of prosperity, I think we view the Christian life as God only giving us good things, that God is only going to bring, bring prosperity to our lives. Whether or not we want to call ourselves prosperity gospel people, I don't think that we are, but that consumeristic Western worldview lens that we just are born with living in the Western world, we just tend to think that things are actually going to be prosperous. 
And right now, that's kind of a worldview clash because one tiny virus seems to have all of that in jeopardy. When you consider the economy, you consider health, right? You consider mental health. Uh, this all feels like it's up in jeopardy. And it is kind of sobering to think about, and it almost a wake-up call to think, oh, wow, we have almost been kind of lied to at the fact that we don't live in this bright hugs and muffins sunshine world, but <laughs> that you that language that sin is black and we live in this dark, dark world. Um, we, we're living in the land of death. And uh, that's an interesting realization, I think, for all of us to consider. Yeah. My wife mentioned yesterday, she, she was talking to somebody who said to her, can you imagine if you were born in the late 1800s and, uh, you know, you would have gone through wars and plagues and more wars and more plagues and depression and all these things. And to be honest with you, and, and I speak for myself, I'm a child of the, of the 60s, but, you know, we just haven't seen that ongoing uh, just what seems to be anyways. We were sheltered from it in some respects, the devastation in Western society of, of these types of things. And, and now all of a sudden we're being confronted by something that really, when you think about it, and I hear this response too, is, is you know, really, are, are, are you really so upset about these restrictions when other people have lost their lives for freedom and things of that nature? Or, you know, is this really the things you're crying about? Um, but I don't know. Isaac, bringing up a young family, what are you thinking? Yeah, again, there's lot, there's lots to think about. And just to tag again what John said, and then Daniel kind of went on, this sort of um, privileged society that we live in. Um, and this extends to young families, because I think for young families, Christmas becomes such a, um, especially with Instagram and everything, you, you want to do what everyone else is doing. You got to kind of keep up with the Joneses when it comes to family photos, and you got to send your Christmas cards out, and you got to get all this. And I, I think for, for the, lots of people that, you know, COVID has thrown a wrench in that, and they they might think, oh, we don't deserve this. Uh, we, you know, th this is not unfair. We, we usually think of the hard life, the life where there's restrictions and persecution and so on and so forth, as the life that you can choose to do if you want to, but it, you know, if you don't want to, then you can just be safe. I think about um, my wife and I have been reading through um, uh, uh, To the Golden Shore. It's the life of Adoniram Judson, a fascinating, fascinating story. And uh, right before he went to Myanmar, which is, uh, well, now it's Myanmar, it was Burma at the time, um, he was offered this associate pastor role in, right in Boston. It would have been an, a magnificent, he was a very, very, very smart, intelligent man. And this would have been a great, you know, uh, comfortable, happy, living in the city, associate pastor, this massive church would be awesome. And he chose to go to Myanmar where it was just, I mean, it's just, reading a story is just crazy to read. It's, it's heartbreaking in many ways. So we often think of it though, like, you you know, if I, if I, you know, here I have my privileged, comfortable life, but if I, I, I choose to do something that's harder, but right now, all of us, we don't get the choice. We all have to face it right now. And I think it's actually a wake up call in many ways. This is the world that we live in. Um, the Western world is not perfect. We can't keep up with the Joneses. We, we have to actually uh, face the, the tragedies that come. And in many ways, this isn't a tragedy, uh, but to our minds, to many people, it, it is. So for us as a family, I mean, we're not too, we're not too, uh, we're not too worried about it. And um, we, we realize that this is the world, this is the world that we live in. And just like Daniel said at the beginning, we long for uh, 
we long for that time when, when Christ comes again. Yeah. You know, uh, Daniel, a few weeks back, you had an interview with Andrew Marcus uh, that I thought was great. And one of the things he talked about in that was we asked him about, you know, what worship was like now and how, pan- you know, worship is being experienced during the pandemic. He said something interesting. He said, I hope we never go back to worshiping like we were before the pandemic. So there's this sense that something needs to change. Our focus needs to change. Our purpose needs to change. And uh, John, I'm just wondering if you give me a perspective on that. Do you think this is calling us to maybe rethink who we are as Christians, our purposes? Oh, this is a gift of God. Um, I, I do think that so much of our energy has been taken up in the feeling of Christmas. You know, I mean, feel, Christmas is supposed to feel a certain way, and if it doesn't feel that way, uh, we think we haven't, you know, we've canceled Christmas. Um, again, I mean, I have to ask myself uh, how in the world we got to that view of Christmas, and this pandemic can be God's gift to us to recapture what we're really supposed to think about when we think about Christmas. Uh, Ben, this is not about Christmas, but this is about Thanksgiving. The most popular hymn of Thanksgiving has been, Now Thank We All Our God. And uh, that that hymn was written after the Thirty Years' War by a German pastor who had had a pandemic in his city. Uh, He had buried his fellow pastors. He had buried, I can't remember how many people per day, came to the point where he couldn't actually do it anymore. He lost his own wife. I mean, it just goes on and on. The city was devastated. Uh, Famine was raging in the place. And when they got to the other end and the pandemic was over, he wrote the song, Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices, who wondrous things has done, in whom this world rejoices. Uh, You know, these are the histories of our faith. And this is the, the world that the Christian message came into. This is why the Christ child came. If we don't recapture that, we've wasted this pandemic. That's if all we do is say, oh, we can't have it the way we did, and rather than what was Christmas supposed to be, then we've, we've wasted it and not learned the lesson God had for us during this time. Uh, Daniel was right. This is God's sovereignty sending it to us. May we learn from him. I love what you just said. We've wasted this pandemic. I'm not sure too many people have thought about that in that way because they've been wanting it so desirous to be over, get it over, get it over, instead of looking and saying, hey, what is God doing? And so, guys, give me a hand in the last few minutes of our program. uh, uh, Give me a sense of what is God doing? What is some hope you want to express to our listeners about what we're going through as as we arrive on this Christmas season? Isaac, maybe I can start with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just like like you said, off John, don't waste this uh, this pandemic. I I think hope that we can give to one another is to really challenge each other to take this time when you're going to be more more alone uh, to focus on prayer, to focus on uh, meditation in in the Word. I, I think about um, you know Paul, and now John, you can correct me if I'm my exegesis is wrong here, uh, but. Uh, you know, Paul, when he's talking about marriage in, in 1 Corinthians, I think, 7, he says, you know, perhaps sometimes it's good to, to separate for a little bit, um, just to focus in on, on prayer and a time, and then go, come back together uh, again as well so that, you know, you, the enemy won't have a full hold, foothold in your life. But I think using that kind of same metaphor idea, like, yes, this is this is a, a providential time where it's it's not, you know, ideal, but... God sent it, and let's let's use it. And maybe this is a time when we can kind of separate and focus on um, our relationship with um, 
with the Lord. I think especially in a consumeristic culture, uh, our Christianity becomes very much just this, um, yeah, consumer base. You you go to a place on Sundays, you receive it, and you leave, and you just live your own life. But this is now a chance where that's all stripped away, and you're kind of forced now to grow in your own friendship with with the Lord. I think about Paul, right, when he came, he went over to Arabia, and he was alone for a long time. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus has times alone. I think this is might be a good time for us to be alone, be alone with our, you know, little families and just focus in on the Lord. That's fantastic. Daniel, what, give me a perspective. Give me some, a message of hope here for our listeners. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the lyrics right now of Oh Holy Night, which, funny enough, Google's attributing that to Mariah Carey, which I don't think is quite correct. I don't think she quite wrote that song. Um, but the, the lyrics uh, in Oh Holy Night it says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And uh, this song often will bring tears to my eyes, and I'm sure singing it this year it will uh, as well. And that idea of a weary world, uh, we all actually resonate with that probably more than ever. And yet, we, we read here that the, a weary world rejoices. And I'd mentioned before when in Romans, it, the creation is groaning, Right, and uh, we we are all feeling this, and through this moment of Christmas, this is the the beginning of this entering into our uh, our world, right? Heaven breaking into our tiny little world with our tiny little people, so insignificant in the cosmic scope of the universe. Yet Christ condescends, comes, and begins the work that will bring um, the 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 restoration of not only the souls of the saints, but uh, of the entire creation. And that, for me, um, is something that brings a lot of hope. Yeah, that's fantastic. John, share a few words with us. Well, <laughs> just like that. Well, I, I do think that um, we should be asking the listener to have a, you know, a very Merry Christmas. Um, reread the Christmas account. Uh, spend some time giving thanks that even though the world is broken now, God has made a promise to us through his son, Jesus, that one day he will restore all things. And therefore, there is every reason in the world to have hope, genuine hope, not hope that's premised on, you know, the, this passing fancy of this world, but a hope in eternal things. So, um, you know, let's have a Christmas like that. That's fantastic. You know, you guys have opened my eyes a little bit to uh, some of these thoughts, and uh, I am more encouraged now about the season that we're in. And I think uh, one of the things that I go away with from you guys is that we need to be considering as Christians not what's being taken away, but what we're receiving as a result of this season and uh, what we can gain from this season. Because I know I've, I've talked to a number of people, and I'm sure you guys have, that are really feeling loneliness and depression and disappointment and all these types of things. Uh, and yet uh, God is wanting to do something significant in this moment of time. So I want to encourage all of our listeners. Uh, we thank you so much for being part of our In Doubt family. Uh, just a special thanks to Dr. John Newfeld. Thanks for being with us, John. Yeah, thank you. It's been a joy to be with you. And Isaac and your family, God bless you guys. Merry Christmas to you. Yes, Merry Christmas to you and to everyone listening. And Daniel, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, you and your wife have a merry, merry Christmas. Yes, thank you, Ben. A merry Christmas, or as they say in England, a happy Christmas. 
There you go. Have a happy Christmas. That's great. Thanks again, guys. God bless you. And don't forget to join us again next week right here on In Doubt, where we'll have more guests that talk about important issues of life, faith, and culture. God bless you and have a Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, Ben Lowell, CEO of Back to the Bible Canada's In Doubt. If you listen to today's program, you're either a young person looking to understand how the Bible speaks to current issues of life, faith, and culture, or you're someone passionate to see young people grow in their walk with Jesus and understand the Bible. We want to thank you for being with us and encourage you to touch base by emailing info at indoubt.ca or in the U.S., info at indoubt.com. Also, we want to let you know that Indoubt is a ministry that only exists through the support of donors. So every gift of any amount means so much. For more information, visit indoubt.ca or in the US, indoubt.com.